0: I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. The following podcast is a W2M Network
1: original
2: production. Visit W2Mnet.com for all of our other great podcasts, plus news, reviews, articles, and opinions from the worlds of wrestling, video games, football, and entertainment. Let's go! Gage up! Gage up! Woo! It's going to be a football game tonight, man. No doubt. It's going to be a football game here. Okay. I don't be here All right,
0: let's go, baby.
2: The Rushing four, ball comes out of the hands
0: of Newton. It's on the ground and still on the ground. Picked up by TJ
2: Ward at the four yard line. Vaughn Miller did it again.
0: Watson. Touchdown. Hunter Renfro. Little man makes another enormous play. One
2: second remaining. Ladies and gentlemen, football to the max. Your host: Sean Garmer, Gary Vaughn, and Randy Isbell.
1: Hello and welcome to our Super Bowl 51 preview edition of Football to the Max. I am your host, Sean Garmer, and Gary, Mr. Gary Vaughn is here with me as well, uh, yep. but we are we are also going to talk about the uh, that ESPN 30 for 30. Uh, this was the XFL. I mean, we probably, there's enough wrestling tie-ins that we probably could have talked about on a wrestling podcast too, uh, but that would have also required Paul to watch it, and so Gary and I both watched it, we're going to talk about that, and uh, you know, just kind of talk about both these things. We're not going to really cover news that's not pertaining to that game because we are uh, right now on the East Coast officially. It's it's now Saturday. So um, early in the morning on Saturday, but still, uh, you know, I think news that's not pertaining to that game is kind of unnecessary at that point. And it's also the last game of the season, Gary. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: man. It's it's two, this this 2016 17 season is now going to be in the books after Sunday.
2: Well, exactly, and it's amazing. The season has just flown by. It just seems like to me we were just talking about you know each team and you know what they were going to be doing this season and going through all those interviews, and then the next thing you know, it's the end of the season, and I'm like, boy. Uh, but this has been an exciting season, a lot of great football. The playoffs were not as overwhelming as we would like. I think that they were kind of a little lopsided in most of those games, but the regular season was a lot of fun, I have to admit. There there was a lot of great uh, teams, you know, and there was a lot of battles to get to the playoffs, so I have to say the season was pretty awesome. And, of course, this matchup between the Atlanta Falcons and New England Patriots is going to be, I think, a lot of fun, at least we're hoping. Uh, But I think it will be. I think it's going to be a great matchup for Sunday. And, you know, there is a little bit of news out there in the NFL world, or always is, especially leading up to the NFL's biggest game of the year. Um, But it's just so hard. I mean, I'll be honest, when I saw that Michael Vick retired, I almost forgot about Super Bowl 51. That was such an impactful thing in my life. Yeah. not really. I uh, just that's hey, such come a... <laughs> on,
1: man. We both love dogs, but I I feel like I feel like honestly, like uh... to me, to me, I feel like look. I love dogs. I hated it. I have my dog sitting there. My dog sleeps next to me every night. You know, uh, but it's. I mean, uh, I, I have to fight between you know my my daughter and my. Damn it. I love when you go to a website and they have to start this stupid ad.
2: Yeah, but, that's, uh, isn't that nice? <laughs> they throw those up there so they—they're in your face. That's how they pay the money. That's where the big bucks come in, you know. Uh, <laughs>
1: if they play another ad, I'm gonna have to no, thank you. Uh, I'm sorry if you had to hear that terrible ad right now. That's that they didn't—they do not sponsor. Uh, yeah. Uh, F them. Uh <laughs> stupid uh, <laughs> Ford trucks. No, I'm sorry. <laughs>
2: uh okay. so until they pay us then we're happy we love it
1: exactly exactly uh Ford is great if they want to pay us but uh anyway you know I feel like he paid his debt society the guy we have not heard anything bad about him since then so you yeah. know I, I can't as a football player the dude was amazing
2: I have nothing against him. I was just – I honestly was just making the joke about the retirement. I wasn't even thinking about the controversy at all, honestly. It was just the fact that, you know, leading into the biggest game, you have guys, you know, doing things like this. This happens in all sports. Well,
1: yeah, Marshawn Lynch right after the game last year.
2: Yeah, they try to steal the show, right? They try to steal a little, you know, limelight so they can get it on them. And so I always think, you know – you could have waited till after the super bowl. Did you really want to do it? The, you know, right before it? Like but the that, weekend I, of, you know? <laughs> yeah. But I, I think that's what their agent probably wants them to do so they can be on, you know, the other shows. Like, Oh, you were super bowl 51 and you retired. Hey, come be on our show. So, um, but anyway, uh, but no, it, uh, just taking all that away. I, I just, it, this is going to be an exciting weekend. I'm really looking forward to the game. And, uh, you know, I think we're going to try to talk about some of those NFL honors, you know, and, I just kind of would like to go to some of those categories and kind of break down, you know, what we think could happen, who could win these categories, maybe who me and Sean kind of think deserve to win, you know? And so this is going to be exciting. I think it'll be kind of fun to talk about too. So we got some big stuff to talk about.
1: Yeah. I, do, I mean, I, I do want to say that once again, because uh, we're having this on a Friday, Saturday morning that, you know, Randy usually works, but he's also been sick. Um, him and his wife, and I don't know if his uh, his son have also been sick. So, you know, it it wasn't something we could do the, the day before. Uh, so, unfortunately, he won't be here with us again. But hopefully once the off season gets going, and I think at least for a little while until the draft, we're probably going to go back to doing one show a week. So, um, I, I don't know exactly when that's going to start. Obviously, we'll still have our review show. Uh, which what do I do? we may even do it on Sunday, you know, who knows, mm-hmm. you know, like Sunday night or something like that, just to get it out there. But, uh, especially as the game is during the day, it's not like, you know, eight o'clock or something. Uh, I did, I did want to talk to you about this cause this is uh, I, I was listening to, you know, I, I listened to various podcasts about various things to, um, throughout my day. And, you know, Roger Goodell had his press conference uh, that he always has, Super Bowl weekend or whatever. And one of the things he talked about was they're actually considering taking away one of the commercial breaks, Gary. Like, what? Wow. Yes, from next year, they're going to take away one of these commercial breaks. So, like, they may even take away the two-minute warning just to, to not have that extra commercial break. And I think they're going to take away the commercial breaks um, from the – the commercial breaks away from the ones that they do, like, between the kickoff and the – that first play of the drive, which they've been doing less and less anyway. Like, Mm -hmm. now, I think the first couple drives, they don't do that. They just go straight to the – the next the the first play of the drive so for me i love it anything that makes it to where i don't have to sit there and wait through a commercial is great so yeah.
2: yeah i mean i agree i mean it's interesting to me that they would do that only because of the fact that the nfl is all about revenue and sure you know the game is awesome and it's entertainment for fans, but at the end of the day, the NFL is there to make the money, and that's the, that's their big goal here—to get as much revenue as possible. That's why it cost so much for Super Bowl ads and all that. I'm a little bit shocked at that—that that they would want to do this. But I'm not going to complain if I get more football instead of having to sit there through you know another thirty to sixty seconds of whatever commercials that they want to do, and then, you know the minute and a half of commercials I have to watch in between the two-minute breaks and all that. So I, I just want to sit there and say that I do appreciate that. But, I mean, I, I really wonder if it's really going to make people think anything different because it is, as much as they could work, I think they got a pretty decent formula the way they already have it. I mean, you usually get a commercial after a score, two-minute warning, of course, you know, leading into halftime and all that. So they have a decent formula here. And it's also a formula, I kind of think, that, you know, if you're watching games too, it kind of gives you a chance to go to the bathroom, go get you a drink and things like that. So, um, that's appreciated as well. But yeah, I mean, it, I guess it kind of helps speed up the game. You also have a lot of people who get a chance to just, you know, sit there and enjoy it rather than having to, you know, wait through tunes of commercials. So it, it's cool. I think it's a good idea, I guess, but I'm a little shocked about the revenue. You think they'd want that revenue?
1: Yeah. Uh, I agree with you. Everything's about advertisers and everything is about oh, what can we do to get more money from those advertisers because everything's going the way of let's I don't wanna watch commercials. I don't wanna do this. And I think the NFL just is they finally seen what everybody else is seeing, right? Their ratings went down.
0: Mm
1: Mhm. And so they're going, what can we do to lessen ratings? Well, one way you can do that is prevent people from switching the channel because the game's still going. You know, you're not going to go to so many commercials, so less chance for them to switch over to something else.
0: And, I mean, that's... Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer
0: solitaire, huh? Ah. <laughs> oh. Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over a 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes.
2: ChumbaCasino.com.
0: No plus conditions apply. website for details. It's not a bad thing.
2: None at all. Uh, no, and I agree and you know, I, I think that was the big worry for the NFL, especially early in this season, was the fact that their ratings were not as high as, you know, they like. And I, I get that fear because, you know, you're used to a huge fan support. I mean, America, this is the biggest sport in North America, you know, and people, you know, have been talking more and more about, you know, soccer and the game of football everywhere else. But here in America, it's called soccer. And I think the NFL also looks at that, and they kind of see the international flavor that's kind of moved into North America, and maybe they have a little bit of fear that, you know, uh, there's a little trend there, and maybe they've got to find new ways to keep the NFL exciting, well, keep the and NFL... and one of the things
1: about soccer,
2: mm-hmm.
1: they don't have commercials during their game at all. So it's it's only at halftime and only before and after. Mm-hmm. So...
2: Yeah. but you know i I think also why you do have it that way is because the way soccer is played of course right it's kind of like basketball you know they have to take their certain points because the game is back and forth down the field or down the court same with hockey right right? so you've got less opportunities to do that whereas the nfl has tons of stoppage and so that's just the way it works but you know i think if you know, football was more popular. Of course, you know, there's also differences difference that we're talking about here. And think about this, Sean. I mean, if the NFL really wanted to get really cute, they could have more ads and things like that. Like you see in soccer, you know, on the sideline. Yeah, they could have ads like on their
1: jerseys.
2: A- a- you're exactly like that, right. Yeah. So that would eliminate a lot of those commercials or the need for them. Instead of paying for that 30-second commercial, you're paying for, you know, an ad on the uniform, an ad on the field somewhere, uh, on the goalpost somewhere. You've got, you know, whatever, you know, UPS. Right, or whatever. yeah,
1: like the, you know, the AT&T Stadium has that big, like, basically every side has some kind of sponsorship,
2: mm-hmm. you
1: know, uh, like the Miller Lite or whatever, you know. So yeah. And I think also it's the NFL is one of the few things that they can actually do that. Right. The NFL Mm -hmm. is so popular that they can say to an advertiser, hey, we want to improve our game. So we're doing one less commercial. And you're going to deal with it because we're the NFL. Well,
2: that and and you also got to think of the fact that really if you're taking away one, then that means that you can up the prices of your commercials. Because there's less opportunity for people to squeeze in another commercial. And the
1: advertisers can up their rates too because you're giving them less commercial.
2: Yeah. So. Yeah, exactly. So. That's exactly the the issue here. I mean, so it's going to become, you know, a little bit more difficult, I think, for people to, to, you know, find a way to sneak in their ads unless they're paying the biggest money that they can pay. And that'll probably come into play, too. So there's other ways the NFL can find that revenue. I don't think that's a fear uh, of mine for sure. I just think that, you know, it's kind of interesting that they would do this. But, you know, like you said, Sean, it's, it's a really good idea, especially – With people who do kind of tend to have a little bit of attention deficit when it comes to, you know, hey, I'm watching a game, but my God, this is like the third commercial break in like, what, five minutes? So I'm going to flip over here. Oh, wow, I haven't seen this show in a long time. And then forget, oh, I'm going to go back to that game, you know? So... That's the deal. You got to think about the way the American public views things and what they are. And let's be honest, now everything is on DVR, and I do it myself. I know Sean, you've done it. Well, the DVR game, Game
1: Pass, same thing. You know, yeah. You, the reason why one of the th- well, I mean, there's that you know, all twenty two and whatever that's in there too. But one of the nice things about that is you can just watch a game in forty five minutes, and mm-hmm. and there's no ads. It's just play 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 you know uh mm-hmm. you can dvr and and not like you said fast forward the commercials entirely so yeah As i mean you, but sports is still one of those things like you it's very difficult to not know the score yes so
2: yeah and it takes away the purpose of sports right the purpose of sports is the excitement of the live factor the the, the fact right. that you just don't know who's gonna win and Like you said, I mean, it's too easy now with the Internet and the way that, you know, we get all our information in a heartbeat. It's just too hard not to know, because no matter where you go on, you're going to see a fan of a team's quote the score or you're going to have, you know, it pop up on your news feeds somewhere, you know. So it's it's still a game that, you know, of course, like most sports depend on that live factor. And I think it's not really going to die but you do have a generation now who, you know, are so used to watching everything on their computer, uh, on a DVR, if they do have a cable box, mm. you know, other ways of watching things. So it's it's about convenience for fans now. And if you're just a diehard, you're going to watch it live. But you're going to have those people, you know, just, you know what, screw it. I, I got, I'm going to go to the store. I'll just record it. And, I, and
1: I still, like, I get mad at uh, PlayStation View because... It is, it's a stream, so it's behind mm-hmm. the actual, like, if you're watching it on cable or, you know, you're just watching on regular, you know, Fox or CBS or whatever. So, like, I have to mute every single football chat that I'm in while the game is going on because I'm going to get the play spoiled for me because PS View is, like, 30 seconds behind on the PS4. And if you watch it on your computer, it's like a minute behind. So I have to just act like I'm in my own little worlds <laughs> when I'm watching a game because if not I, – I do it because, heck, I'm not paying the outrageous prices Comcast is going to charge me.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I pay the price of, okay, well, that's what sucks about a stream when you're watching a live event is that it's behind. So, yeah, you know, that's something you got to deal with. And there's going to be people that say, oh, man, I don't want to be behind. So I got to I still got to pay my cable or got to pay my, you know, until you get to that point. And that's the thing, too. Right. With more people dropping cable, more people dropping all that cord cutters. So you're not registering those ratings. And and that's a thing for the NFL, too.
2: Yeah, And I, I want to bring up something to you as well. And this is kind of interesting to me because we're talking about. You know, recording games and all this kind of stuff and revenue. We were just having this conversation last night about the fact that we have noticed that, you know, now Super Bowl commercials are being leaked. Now you can go ahead and watch it before you even watch the Super Bowl itself. Oh, and they're
1: not even leaked. Like they're just put on the internet on purpose so you can yeah. watch
2: them. So like, if, if, well, you know, and that's fine. The company pays for it. If they want to put them out early, that's fine. But You know, my whole thought process on that is, you know, the NFL really. You know that they want people to watch, and you know the commercials are such a huge part of the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. It's, it's. I hate. I'm not being, you know, uh, not trying to be, you know, critical or anything, or be like a 1950s, you know, guy. But you know, from one of my personal experience, my wife is okay in football. She knows football. She, but she's not a diehard. She's not going to go into this game. And just be all on her edge of her seat. She's going to be chatting with right. her friends while I'm watching the game. And she's going to want to watch commercials, though. That's the one thing she's going to want to mm-hmm. watch. And there's other people like that. There's even men out there who just want to watch commercials. They're like, I don't care about stupid games. Or the you Lady
1: know? Gaga halftime show
2: exactly and yeah. you know in fact you know we know the nfl has basically come out and say that's for the female audience that's not for the male audience the, the halftime why they have beyonce and they have these it's really for the female audience because they're the ones who love this stuff there are some men who do too but it's a majority uh, i think uh, of females who really appreciate right. the halftime show so i'm getting what i'm a long way of getting to this is I'm a little surprised the NFL is being like, okay, yeah, do these commercials. I I think that this is a whole spectacle, and I'm a little surprised that people, especially with the company, I know that they want to throw out those commercials. But, man, if if I'm paying that big money for my ad to be on the NFL's biggest stage, I want that to be the debut of that commercial. I want people sitting in their seat focused and, and excited about watching it. That way they talk about it at the water cooler. That way my advertisement lives on. Sure, they can do it for the Super Bowl. I still feel like that's kind of interesting. Yeah, I mean,
1: and they get put into like YouTube playlists the next day, or or on all on Hulu or whatever. So it's not like you can't go watch it the next day. Why have them? Why put them out beforehand? I mean, I've watched it once. I'm not gonna be excited to watch it again. Mm-hmm. You know, I can already just click on as many times as I want to watch the thing you just gave it to me. So I, I agree with you. I think that stuff shouldn't be put online for people to watch. It should just be where you're watching it and you want to watch the whole time because you might miss a funny commercial or something.
2: Yeah, See, that's the thing. I mean, I, I, now the NFL is never going to do this. This is something just idiotic, and, and this is just me who is not involved in that world. But I, I would almost be like, I'm the NFL. If you want to have a commercial with us, Fine. You can spend as much money. We want your money. We'll take it. But when you sign a contract for us to do a commercial with you, you know, there's an exclusivity contract where you're going to have your commercial during our game. You're not going to put it anywhere else. That way we all get the focus. You get the focus. Our game is helping your ads and your ads are helping our league. That way that they can kind of do that. And I know that may be ignorant for some people and maybe just ignorant theology. But my thought process on that is keep them exclusive. That way people are definitely watching the product. That way the NFL is not just getting some of the ratings. They're getting a lot more ratings. They're going to get a big rating. Trust me. But I'm just saying now, like Sean just pointed out, if you don't even care about watching the Super Bowl, you don't have to to watch the commercials the next day. There's those YouTube channels and all that. You could just sit there for hours and watch it, and you're you know, completely happy all day, whereas people actually sat down and watched the game, saw them too, but you're doing it without the game. So.
0: so, Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring.
1: A laundry? Ooh, a book club.
0: Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Uh, so,
1: you know, we'll get to uh, talk about the game in a little bit here, but I think before we talk about the game and those awards, I think we should talk about the ESPN the 30 for 30. The this was the XFL. I mean, having you know Vince McMahon there, somebody that we talk about ad nauseum all the time, and <laughs> then just, and then uh, have you know Dick Eversole there, and our you know our team's owner Jerry Jones makes various appearances on that thing. Uh, I you know I mean both of us were obviously we were watching. WWE at that time, and also just knowing that was going on, and then big football fans watching the XFL, uh, it it brought back some really funny memories, uh, for me, to, to watch that and go, oh my god, I remember that was so bad, and, like, and then some stuff I don't even remember, (laughs) so, but, how do you, like, just kind of, ah, man, these damn ads, Uh, So, how did did you, like, feel just kind of watching it? What are your your thoughts, I guess, on... I thought it was going to be this puff piece or whatever, and that's what it seemed like a lot of people were saying it was going to be. Man, they ripped that thing, a new one, and Bob Costas on there just completely, every time he could, ripping the thing.
0: Mm -hmm.
1: It was almost like comic relief for that entire documentary was bob costas just ripping on it
2: well you know it's very true and you know bob costas is that straight laced sportscaster right he, he he is the uh you know I, i'm trying to think who i would relate right. him to um but he he's a guy that you know he is the picture perfect You know, uh, you know, suit wearing guy who's just going to be, you know, calling the game the way it is, not, you know, or or talking about the, you know, the subject at hand, or being the guy that does the perfect interview. And I look at him, and he's a great at what he does, and he's always been great. And I think what he didn't like about the XFL is basically all those controversial things that were coming into play, and he felt it was really, let's be honest, like a lot of other people in the media disgraceful. They thought it was disgusting the way that they kind of brought this attitude to football. This this whole thought process of, you know, this is, you know, going to be about the, the blood, the guts, the damage, of course. And then of course we're going to throw in these cheerleaders and they're not going to be classy. They're just going to be a bunch of girls out there, you know, waving and doing all this stuff that is inappropriate. And that's what's going to sell their ratings. So basically the way I allude this to is Bob Costas, he's a fan of I Love Lucy. He's a fan of the Dick Van Dyke show. Not so much a fan of Married with Children or even The Simpsons. And that's what the XFL was, right? It was in your face. It was exciting. But then again, it had that smutty feel to it. And I think that's why Bob Costas came into this. And I also heard you know, Dick Eversol's son actually talk about this on a podcast. And he actually kind of said that Bob Costas – in reality was a huge wrestling fan. It loved professional wrestling, loved the old days, you know, just the way it was presented, you know, like the you know, um, Stan Martino and all those kind of guys that were really classy. And then the attitude era came in for the WWF and the smut, the, the trash, the, the the attitude that came into play. He hated it, the cussing, the violence. And that's what this XFL was all about, too. So that's why Bob Costas, I think, really, truly had it out for the XFL. You, you even have it in that interview all to the night of this program of him kind of degrading it the entire time. What I did appreciate about the piece, though, was that they did well, get it.
1: Plus in- that, uh, mm-hmm. that interview that he does with Vince where they're just, like, going at it. You mm-hmm. know That probably also makes it to where... Oh well, this is a thing that Vince made, so I'm just gonna blast it.
2: Yeah, and and, which, and and you know, I love getting a you know a chance to kind of hear other things. In fact, if you any I didn't haven't watched this yet. Sean actually did watch it. The post show uh, that they did for this XFL 30 for 30, they actually had Dick eversall son on there, who was a big part of this project, and he hate well, me he the director. Smart. Yeah, he was the director. Yeah, exactly. But I actually also heard him on uh, Chris Jericho's podcast. If anyone out there just... You know, enjoys the subject matter. Chris Jericho doesn't talk wrestling on this episode. He, this past week, he did a Talk is Jericho episode with Dick Eversall's son, and he just gets into this whole topic. And actually, it was last week, I think. But it was exciting. It was cool because you get to hear all the behind-the-scenes stuff and really understand some of the storylines that really 3430 30 doesn't show. They don't have the time. If they really would have had the time to do all these stories, you would have had a three-hour show. And they just right. didn't have that. In fact, I'll be honest with you starting to watch this show. I thought, my God, they're they're showing this in fast forward. Uh, I mean, exactly. going, well, that's
1: what it felt yeah. like because yeah. that's not what the, that's not what it was about. Like mm-hmm. to what, you know, to, to Charlie Eversole, it was Vince and Dick, you know, his dad are huge influences in his life. And these are guys that are good friends and, that's why they had that awesome scene at the end where they're just eating at Mm -hmm. Vince's favorite restaurant in Connecticut. Uh, and they're just talking like buddies because that's how they are. Right. Mm. And that's kind of what this was about. I mean, you know, you can laugh about the whole, Oh, Vince bought out WCW and then he, he united the world of wrestling. I I don't think he united anything, but, uh, you know we, that's different podcast for that, but I mean, just for me, I it, it, I agree with you. I felt like we're watching it in fast forward, but honestly, like, what are you gonna do? Like, go through every week's games and yeah, and talk about how they how bad they were. I mean, like, I, yeah, I mean, not all of them were bad. They were getting better as it went on, but I mean,
2: no, you're right. I, I'm just saying, if they would have expounded on even just what they talked about, not even the season, you know, just some of the things, you know. The, the, it, that's what I'm saying. If you kind of get really in-depth with this, there's a lot more details here that are really exciting. Uh, they really did talk about the controversial thing, and I'll just throw this out there. Uh, Charlie actually talked on Jericho's podcast about the fact that there were some controversial thoughts about why you know that second game, the big highlight game, had to go be blacked out because someone didn't actually plug up. The generators in the truck. Someone had unplugged the, the they plug. They
1: forgot to put gas in the generator.
2: Yeah, they forgot to. There's two generators, actually, and they didn't put gas in the, either of them. And there's a plug that runs for the truck into the L.A. Coliseum, and that plug was unplugged. Someone had unplugged it. So there's some controversy there. There's lots of thought process of, you know— there could be sabotage here. Someone may not like the fact that the XFL, you know, had such great success in the first week. You know, just, uh, what was it? I believe uh, 10 million viewers watching that. Yeah. And, and Yeah, so there could be some people who did not like that thought process and had some, you know, some dirty play there. That could be the case. I don't know. That's all controversy and speculation. And it's a conspiracy theory that I honestly— I could believe in my heart of hearts because you'd think the NFL is run by billionaires. Uh, I agree. I
1: I, I mean, I don't disagree that the NFL might have. They obviously had media waiting there for it to fail. That's that's what Mm -hmm. they were doing. But I think definitely NBC wanted it to succeed because they didn't have football at the time. So Mm. they wanted something. They wanted it to keep going.
2: You're exactly yeah. right. That's what makes you wonder who would forget the I mean, I don't know that drinks. everybody
1: at NBC wanted Obviously, Bob Costas didn't. But, I mean, yeah, not but. not everybody at NBC, I think, wanted that there. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you have to wonder.
2: No, you do have to wonder. And it goes back to that process of NBC is a major network. They would never forget to do this. This is something that they would probably have four people in charge of this. and you I know. Don't know. Uh, so it's just weird. It, it, and we're probably talking about this long. This need, is but...
1: 2001. I mean. Yeah. It's possible that people just. You have to think about it in the terms of. What you do in TV today is different than what you did in TV then. Mm-hmm. And somebody just. They thought it was plugged in the whole time. So they thought. Okay. Well. Uh, or. Or perhaps they were gonna go fill it up with gas, but something happened and they didn't. Or, you know, whatever. We we don't even we, they don't even know who the hell the person was. Yeah. Right. So I, that was funny that they had to go siphon gas to get the game back. <laughs> <on>. <laughs> you
2: gotta love it. it, it you know, uh, it, it, there's so many interesting stories that come with this. Like you know them hiring. I forget the guy's name that the original lead announcer. Oh uh, yeah. Who who got demoted because he wasn't entertainment enough for Vince McMahon and you know it's it's wild because I look at this and I think the like, XFL. I was...
1: still think of this and go, <laughs> uh-huh. you got Jr. and Jerry Lawler broadcasting games. I mean, what? Well, you know, like, back,
2: see, and this is the thing. Well, and, but Jr.
1: did do Falcons games and stuff like that. I'm not I'm not hating on Jr. I'm just saying, no. like, God, you got the Money Night Raw crew doing. Football games. I mean.
2: That's the thing is the XFL was meant to be more than a wrestling fan's destination for football. It really was. But let's be honest. Wrestling at that time was huge. It was a giant industry at the time because WBF was rocking the entire world. And I think that there were a huge audience that were watching wrestling to come into play to, to watch the XFL. But they were trying to strive for more. I do think that the mixture of a guy like Vince McMahon who is all about doing what is necessary, being as controversial as he can to get ratings, and then you have a guy like Dick Ebersol who's always been there doing things the classy way, the way that the suits like to do it, the, the way it needs to be done when it comes to being, you know, upstanding. And those two guys are really good friends, they they do a good job together. But I think in the mixture of their process, I think it affected the football league. I think it affected everything that kind of surrounded it. And and I think that, you know, it was a little too, maybe a little too messy because of that fact, I really do feel like that, you know, Dick Ebersole and their team brought some great features that now we see in the NFL. They showcase this on this 30 for 30, you know, the, the, the cam on yeah. the wire and all that. I mean, that was all the XFL. We don't think about that, but the XFL brought a lot of things that you watch your yeah, NFL the sky games.
1: cam, the, yeah. the mic and the players, mm-hmm. the mic and the coaches, the having interviews with the coaches right there when a game is over or in the middle of a game. I mean, they don't do it in the middle of the game. Uh, that's half something time. the halftime. Yeah, at halftime. Uh, you know, the the locker room access that you get now that you used to not get. I mean, you're still – there's certain things about the locker room you're not getting at all unless you're mm-hmm. following it locally. But, you know, the, yeah. the thing is – All a lot of that's XFL, you know. Um, I, 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 to me, like the, I agree with you on on Vince. Just he put way too much entertainment in there. I understand that you're trying to be different than the NFL or or whatever, but a lot of people just wanted to have more football, and they would have been fine with more football it being good, and that's what I'm watching. The problem was that you had so many gaffes and errors and uh, – and I think with the thing with the cheerleaders, I don't think really was that bad in 2001 because we're looking at WWE was making hand over fists with treating women that way mm-hmm. and, and just being that – being crude like that on their television – and and a lot of things were like, you know, Jerry Springer, all that stuff. So I don't think that that hit – it hits more now, right? When I looked at it, I'm like, oh, my God, that's terrible. That's the worst thing they did on the XFL was all that stuff about the cheerleaders. Uh, you know, I do think that you – you know, they should maybe get something. They should be a little bit more than just uh, they're there and that's all they are. But mm-hmm. still, I mean, you're – the camera is – up the girl's skirt and yeah, in their chest area, or we're gonna go in the locker room with the cheerleaders, or the the oh we're gonna tell the players that they should date the cheerleaders, and that totally seems like a Vince thing. <laughs> but uh,
2: <laughs>
1: you know, I just yeah. I don't that, that I think if they tried to start something now and that was something they would get like roasted over a fire for that now i think back then people make that much bigger deal i think than it really was back then
2: yeah well uh, you know like you said you pointed out you know jerry springer you know the wrestling you know i think about also the other shows that were on television Like reality very, tv
1: was really yeah. starting to get hot then and that's all reality tv well. was
2: they, then you also have Maryville Children and people like that who are kind of, you know, let's be honest, degrading towards women and, and those kind of formats. And then you also had, you know, uh, commercials all the time for Girls Gone Wild, things like that. I mean, that was the, that time oh, period. Oh, God. They were, I
1: almost yeah, forgot that, about that.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm serious. And, and that's the time period you're talking about. That The 90s were very much like that, and that bled into the early 2000s. And that was a different way of, you know, uh, of doing things. Nowadays, we're a lot more socially conscious. We really do consider the feelings of everyone. I mean, we give them crayons if they need crayons because they're upset about something. Or, you know, we give them hot sauce if they just want to be excited. We do anything to cater to people now. And right. that's why you wouldn't see that on today's television. They they, they still have, you know, scantily clad, you know, uh, people on TV, men and women But it's also done in a fashion where they kind of feel like, you know, it's 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 an appropriate way for the setting and. I I look at that as yes, that was very smutty the way that they did things back then, and I think also once again it goes back to Vince McMahon was doing what was working on his wrestling television. That's why he also had his wrestling announcers calling football games because guys like me who watched Monday Night Raw were excited to get to listen to a football game about the same guys that were going to be next the next night, and
1: his wrestlers would show up on Mm -hmm. on the. That, too. I mean,
2: exactly. it felt
1: like The Rock was cutting a promo, like, almost every game.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it, it was just that extension uh, of wrestling, and then you also had the people who just love football. So I think that's why it became a little messy. I really do. And I think it got to be a little too much. And if they would have focused on the game itself more I, I think they probably would have got a better product I think they would have kept a lot more viewers, but it's kind of hard for people who are just football fans who don't care anything about professional wrestling to pop on the this game and then they're being clouded by all this other stuff besides just the game and that's what they turned the TV on for right and I think that took away a part of the audience that was really valuable to the game itself and those guys were sticking with the NFL. And just saying, eh, that other league doesn't matter. And so the XFL, I feel like, was a great idea. I think that these guys, you know, had something that really could have worked. I think it still could be alive today if they would have handled things differently. They even talk about it in this 30 for 30. I do like the fact that Jerry Jones does come into play and talk about that the league was a good idea. He kind of gives you an idea that, you know, hey, he was for it. And he's an NFL owner. You know, and he's a guy that's a major influence in the owners meetings and things like that, and especially in the NFL. Uh, he's a guy who innovated a lot of things in the NFL itself. He helped NFL the NFL network. The NFL network. I mean, he helped. He's actually part of the reason that they didn't have sports or the NFL on NBC because he said, oh, well, we'll just get Fox and uh, things like that. So it's really cool to see an NFL owner stand up and say the XFL was a good idea because this is a guy that should know. And I think that, you know, it is sad because, you know, you also gave those players that didn't get to, you know, move on to the NFL. They were getting a chance here in the XFL, and they were getting a chance to make really good money because the XFL was paying more money than the arena leagues were paying – uh, making, I think they were making a little more money than I think the CFL may have been paying at the time. So this was exciting for those players to get a chance to show their stuff on national TV, and that was kind of a bummer. I mean, we did see a few guys kind of come out of the XFL and move on to the NFL. Yeah, like
1: Tommy Maddox, yeah, Didn't played he, for the
2: Steelers. Yep,
1: yeah, Steelers, and played yeah, and, well for a while, and then.
2: Yeah, I think yeah. I'm not sure if I have to look back at history. He may have won an NFL. Of, postseason game for them or so but they were making a good run rod smart went to carolina and still did pretty well for himself for a bit there in carolina for the panthers so you you saw some of those xfl guys actually get those opportunities in the nfl that they probably would not have gotten if the xfl would have been around they just would have went to some other league and probably just kind of went into obscurity and so you know it is what it is but the xfl was exciting i think they handled things a little bit you know uh, in the wrong fashion but at the end of the day this 30 for 30 really kind of showcased what it was and I honestly Sean it made me reminisce and I kind of miss it to be honest with you it's kind of <laughs> Yeah sad. I, mean,
1: I think that's what it did really is it made you wish that it would have succeeded mm-hmm. That's that I mean it let's be honest it wasn't by the end it was getting better uh, the thing is it took too long to get good because they Look at that time frame. You're trying to build an entire league in a year. Like, how quick they would have had to come up with these teams, name coaches, name everything. I wish I would have kept the magazine, but I had a WWE magazine that had XFL stuff in it. And had all the teams and had all the whatever. And, and like, so how they had to do all that in a year and then you're t- like that one player talked about there's training cramp is months not mm-hmm. 1 month yeah you know, and then you do two games two preseason games and it's not like every team gets two preseason games it's two games period Oof. it's like you can't you can't expect them to and then you have to adjust to the rules and the stupid uh, the scramble thing was dumb cuz it got so many people injured. No, oh, 60%. You know, I, I get it. Like I get it. They were trying to be different, but that was one of the dumbest things. <sighs> like, how could you think that running full speed to go get a ball? Like it was a fumble and you're not going to get hurt. Like mm-hmm. you haven't even gotten into the flow of the game yet. At that point, you, you're hoping that you stretch enough. I just, yeah, it doesn't make sense. I mean, like, the, um, I do, I do wish sometimes that they had the whole, like, you could actually be running before the play started. Remember that? Like, you could be in motion Mm -hmm. while the, before the play even started so that you could get, like, a head start on, on the defenders or whatever. And the, uh, the no fair catch was obviously. Oof. Really bad because yeah, people were getting hurt too. But
2: yeah, it's just you know, like you said, it, it it's it's kind of crazy the way they did it because they were trying to make it smash mouth football, but they were just putting guys in danger. And, and you even saw Bob Costas touch on that. And, and I have to agree that's one thing this game, uh, you know, has tried to get away getting away from it, especially in youth leagues now. Of you know giving those opportunities happening and I know people are saying it's making stuff football soft and all this which yes I love smash mouth hey guys
0: it is Ryan I'm not sure if you know this about me but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can I like to work but I like fun too it's a thing and now the truth is out there I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun Chumba Casino they have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week you can play for free anytime anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses so Join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VDW group. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
2: Football too. I, I do enjoy it, but I don't want to see guys getting hurt every other play just so I can watch a big hit. That's It's kind of pointless to me. So, I mean, yes, they did that wrong, and, and I get that. And you're also talking about, like you said, guys who don't have enough time practicing and things like that, and, and then they're put on this big stage and... They're giving their all, but they're giving their all in the wrong way because they're not getting the training that they need and getting their body ready for what they're about to do. And it is crazy. I love Vince McMahon kind of talked about the fact that, you know, he's got guys, you know, working at Bed Bath & Beyond and then coming in playing football. And that's what's hilarious about this is because there were so many of those guys who were just working regular everyday Joe jobs and then coming in and playing in this league and you know, not getting enough time to really prepare, get, you know, things settled in. And heck, I mean, they didn't even, you know, they already announced the league like they talked about and they didn't have team stadiums or anything. So it, it's kind of crazy. They did this thing and fast forward. And I think if they would have made this thing a two, three year project before they even got it started, that's another thing we could look at and say, they could have probably got some momentum going, but they didn't do that. They were so excited about getting it done it, it was just too much to handle in one year.
1: Oh, yeah. It's way too much. Uh, way too much to, to handle in in a year. and That should have been planned out. I mean, I wonder what would have happened if it had been more successful and they gave it a second year. Would it have been able to take off at that point? But, yeah, it's it's a difficult thing. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think to go look back on it and uh, you know it had bad effects on WWE as well so you know because Vince was so tied up in that that a lot of people feel like it led to the downfall of or WWE hitting that lull right after you know because this was in 2001 and I mean this was right around Wrestlemania time and all that stuff and after that that's when things started going south, you know, where they hit that yeah. that ruthless aggression era and went down. So it had yeah. negatives everywhere.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it had a negative on this football league. I think, you know, I, I know people say that the wrestling part probably took a big hit because of XFL, but I think XFL took a hit because of wrestling too. Because, you know, Vince McMahon wasn't, he was focused on the XFL to an extent, but he didn't he could not have his full focus on it and he could not put a lot of thought into it like he needed to i think uh, it's it's too hard it's too hard to run two major organizations like the size yeah. of a football and league and a have wrestling your company
1: peas in the pod constantly
2: yeah exactly you know. exactly so i think both suffered I, I don't think it was just one i think both suffered because of you know playing against each other but uh, yeah, yeah,
1: mean yeah. it's but uh, that that was the this was the XFL. I think it's one of their most successful thirty for thirties. If I'm uh, looking at, I think ratings and then reviews for it, a lot of people seem to really enjoy it. So, you know, again, it's that whole why ESPN's covering WWE now. So
2: mm-hmm.
1: it kind of goes more more to that it's it's a successful thing for them so
2: yeah and if you want to i just want to note this real quick if you are a wrestling fan and you want to hear us talk more about the wrestling side of this i think maybe on tuesday uh wrestling in the max episode uh 233 we'll kind of talk about this a little bit more on the wrestling side of the xfl with paul we'll get a chance maybe we can give paul to watch it and we can talk more about that that way you guys if you are wrestling fans you can hear that on that episode
1: yeah well uh We'll discuss that as well, but um, moving on, I'm sure people probably got tired of uh, hearing us talk about that for a while. It was like, wow. Um, but yeah, I mean, there was a lot to talk about in that thing, and definitely, if you have the uh, watch ESPN or have somebody that that has cable or whatever, it's you can watch it right there on your phone or on game system of choice. So. But uh, let's talk about things that involve the big game that's happening on Sunday. Let's start with the now what the NFL just does a big awards show the the night before the Super Bowl, uh, NFL Honors. Of course, uh, this will take place in the same place where they're having the Super Bowl in Houston. And there's a few awards here. This is all done with uh, the AP. So... You know, the the very uh, the, the people that always do these, these big awards. Um, they are comeback player of the year, defensive rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, uh, defensive player of the year, offensive player of the year, and coach and most valuable player. So we're going to start here, and I'm going to give you some Looks like some odds that I, I have here at present to me. But comeback player of the year, it seems like it's between Jordy Nelson and Jordy Nelson at this point. But <laughs> uh, Le'Veon Bell's in that mix too, DeMarco Murray. Um, I, Melvin Gordon, I think, deserves some. But you know the Chargers weren't a good team, so that's mm-hmm. going to factor in. Yeah. I feel like the joke I made is, is real, though. This is Jordy Nelson's to lose.
2: I totally agree. And, you know, Jordy Nelson had an excellent year after just such a disappointing injury from the past season. And, um, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people would say, well, man, just Aaron Rodgers is magic. And, of course, that's going to be uh, fine. But no, I mean, honestly. That was a big injury to come back from, you know, for a guy to miss an entire year and come back like he never left the game. It's a big deal. I I think the argument for Marco Murray is kind of strong, too, but he wasn't injured. And it it was just for the fact that he played for a team that didn't like to give him the ball. uh, And then when they did give him the ball, they usually didn't use him in the right way. So, sure, he had a great year. He did a good job running the ball in Tennessee. I I mean, Matt, trust me, I I was a big fan of his work this year. But I I just like you, Sean, I, I think that Jordy Nelson is just too good this year. And just, man, and I'll say this, for him to play in that conference championship game with another big injury involving his ribs, that just shows you this guy's heart. And it shows you that, man, he's an awesome player.
1: Yeah, certainly. I mean, he had to come back from a big injury. He took some time to get to adjust and get into it, right? I mean, he wasn't mm-hmm. right off the bat great again, but he got better and and then he was a huge part of the Packers, you know, getting to the playoffs and, and making the run that they did until they were ousted by the Falcons. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think Jordy Nelson's probably getting this, even though I think from a football player's perspective, you know, Le'Veon Bell definitely deserves uh, some votes because he is fantastic, and you know, very much like Jordan Nelson. It's not that like they were bad. It's not that like they were true comebacks. Like they were just had bad years and then came back to be good. It's that they were injured. And mm-hmm. then, you know, of course, Bell played three less games than, every, than you know, everybody. So, to, to be able to do the things that Le'Veon Bell did, I think, needs to be recognized, too. Uh, so, moving on to our rookie, offensive rookie of the year. I think this one's pretty much sort of in the bag here. Uh, Zeke. For this one, uh, I think no doubt, offensive rookie of the year.
2: Yeah, I think Ezekiel Elliott is a big you know uh, name you got to throw in that hat. I think you know his teammate Dak Prescott has also been thrown in that mix, uh, being you know one of those guys. Who else do they have in the odds? I'm really they curious. Have Jordan about-
1: Howard, but it's like really low. Jordan Howard and Michael Thomas. You know, Jordan Howard running back for the Bears and mm-hmm. Michael Thomas for the Saints. But yeah, it's pretty much. Between Zeke and Dak,
2: yeah, and you know, I mean, it's hard to argue with either of those guys. I mean, you know, my personal wish is, you know, Ezekiel Elliott could win VP and then Dak win offensive that way that they both get something out of this. But I think you're right. I really feel like Ezekiel Elliott, you know, coming into this game and then leading the entire league in rushing, it's a big deal. It's a big part of the offense and. Um, so, yeah, I, I think we're going to have to agree. I think Ezekiel, it'll probably win. But Dak Prescott definitely deserves some love, too.
1: Well, you know, LaShawn McCoy says that Zeke is, like, fifth or sixth, apparently. So.
2: Oh, wow.
1: You know, running back in the league, he LaShawn McCoy says he is number one.
2: Oh, well, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I mean, the, the guy. Well, you know. I
1: mean, it's hard to argue with LaShawn. <laughs> I mean, he he played terrific in the, with the, you know. That it,
2: it, it's good to have some ego when you play a game like the NFL. so it's, I get, I, I, I get it. You know, he thinks Le'Veon Bell thinks he changed the entire game of football. So yeah, sure. Okay. We'll go with that. You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, it's
1: interesting to hear some, you know, these guys take some things, but uh defensive rookie of the year, I think it's Joey Bosa and there's no question after that.
2: Yeah, who else do they have on this list?
1: Jalen Ramsey is the closest. And then uh, Deion Jones for the Falcons, the linebacker. Leonard Floyd and Noah Spence. But
2: uh, yeah. they're
1: ray Farr, you know.
2: Uh, you know, they had some, you know, good names here. And Noah Spence was one of those players that you, you kind of feel bad for because he kind of came on in spurts and you think that he could have really done something this year. Uh, that's one that was kind of disappointing. I felt like he Not was going to Not to mention
1: Joey Bosa lived up to the –
2: the hold yeah. out exactly, and you know, I bad mouthed that guy so bad. I, I all
1: just, of us did. I think. Oh,
2: well, well, I just had so many terrible things. I did not like the attitude, but man, who he just came in and, and lit and our, a fire. And our good
1: friend, Rochelle, also had plenty to say about him, too.
2: Yeah, yeah, you're right, and you know what, now I'm probably pretty happy about. Uh, Joey Bosa right now so I, I think that you know he definitely did what he needed to do and that was prove everybody that he was worth the money the time that it took away from everybody's attention for the, the team but wow he, he's got to be the guy I don't know who else could have been that guy
1: yeah I mean he was he was pivotal in that Chargers offense um I think he had like a ridiculous numbers he had ten and a half sacks in just 12 games and 41. I mean 41 tackles is not big number but still for a defensive he's not a, he's not a tackle so he's not right in the play uh, to make all those, you know, make 41 tackles and you know 10 and a half sacks. That's that's pretty damn good and I think uh, and he also won I think defensive rookie of the month for two months.
2: Mm-hmm. like
1: October and December. So that's Yeah. That's pretty amazing and I think definitely it's like him and it's no question.
2: Yeah, I agree.
1: Uh, So after this, we also have our Offensive Player of the Year, which you have David Johnson leading the race here, Ezekiel Elliott, Matt Ryan, Aaron Rodgers, and then way after them, Le'Veon Bell and Tom Brady.
2: Uh, This one is a little bit more difficult for me. Um, because, I mean, there, there are some great names here. I think David Johnson did a, a great job this year. Uh, I think that, you know, on, on a team that did not exactly have the most success and the success they really felt like and they were the going to have. the
1: offensive line wasn't really good either.
2: Yeah. And, you know, he's still did his job, he still stayed in the top number. Um, I'm trying to think if he led in touchdowns, I can't remember, but he had a lot to give his team, despite the fact that their offensive line wasn't great, despite the fact that they were just not going on all cylinders.
1: I mean, that was Uh, the way to beat the Cardinals, was take out David Johnson, make Carson Palmer have to, because you know he's going to make a mistake, or you can come after him because that line is bad, and you you beat him.
2: But you know what? I mean, saying all that, that's great. And, you know, he's definitely worthy of something. But for me personally, and you're going to think that I'm, I've lost my mind, but I, I feel like Aaron Rodgers has to be the top guy on this one. I really do. Why I say that is because he brought his team from obscurity. He became the offense when there was no running game. When their receivers were you know just kind of dropping balls here and there, he was making things happen, and he was the guy that's i mean not single handedly but come pretty close to it, led his team all the way to the conference championship and, and made an offense that was in the first what six games that struggled and didn't do much. He brought out everything in that game that team, and I feel like you know the Packers offense went from being mediocre to Kind of explosive, and really took down some teams that you know were you, you know consistent, and they weren't always consistent. So for me, um, if I was voting in this, Aaron Rodgers would get my vote. Nothing against David Johnson; I think he had a you know a pretty good year. But I look at the guy that had the most impact, and, and the guy that had a huge season towards the end. Uh, I, I got to go for Aaron Rodgers.
1: I don't think you're totally wrong there, um, because. To make the point of David Johnson was the Cardinals' offense, I think definitely he's probably going to win unless they just play the, well, his team wasn't very good this year card, and he won't win. Other than that, you can make the case for everybody here, I mean, Elliott was the Cowboys' offense, but they were able to win in games where he didn't get over 100 yards or he didn't play well too. Aaron Rodgers, the Packers were terrible without him, you know. So, but he also had that stretch where he wasn't playing well. Mm-hmm. So you know, that's the thing. He he put the team on his back with no running game. Like Matt Ryan had a lot of help, you know. Uh, so that's where I think Offensive Player of the Year is difficult for me to get in Matt Ryan. I think it would probably be one of the quarterbacks that win, or David Johnson. I think Zeke is is going to be the the odd person out here. I think David Johnson is going to wind up winning, though. I think they're they're going to make a point that we're going to honor the best offensive player, and technically he was. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, two thousand one hundred eighteen yards from scrimmage, twenty touchdowns. I mean, hard to argue with that.
2: Yeah. Sure.
1: Coach of the Year. I think I mean they have some people on this list here, but Bill Belichick look great what he did with the Patriots without Tom Brady going three and one, and but the Patriots are great every year. I think we need to put that in perspective of. I think that's going to be taken into account by the AP, and I think he's not going to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think to me three three coaches on they also have the Giants Ben McAdoo, but. The Giants, I I think for me it's between Falcons Dan Quinn, Raiders Jack Del Rio, and the Cowboys you know Jason Garrett. Mm-hmm. The odds I'm seeing is Jason Garrett apparently is number one on that list, and they did come. I think they had the worst deficit four and twelve to be thirteen and three, even though they obviously you're not supposed to count what they did playoff wise here. I mean, it's hard for me not to say coach of the year to the team that's in the Super Bowl right now and and Dan Quinn, you know, especially after that collapse they had last year. But it's not like they were bad last year, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, the Raiders have been steadily improving. But uh, Jack Dario wasn't the coach last year, right? So or was he was he, he was. So, I mean, they were steadily improving under him already the Cowboys just had an absolutely terrible year and then they turned it around completely. So,
2: yeah, you know, this is, you know, really difficult because I think, you know, those three guys definitely all have reasons to be in that upper echelon for this. And I I think Quinn, man, I mean, he, he built a team, he's gotten them to this point and, you know, during the regular season, I mean, the Falcons were just really hard to beat. I mean, they were that team that everybody looked at and said, wow, I mean, these guys came from being okay to explosive. And he's starting to kind of build on the defense. Of course, he is a defensive-minded coach. So you got to give him love. I think, you know, You also Jack Del Rio did the same thing. I mean, he's really took in a team that was, you know, not really good to – Wow. I mean, they were one of the odds on favorite, you know, moving uh, and, and, you know, trying to get to the playoffs and all that. So I give those guys credit, you know, and and people will say you're a homer, but this isn't about being a homer. I think Jason Garrett really has done an excellent job. He, He had to help motivate a team that was in the dumps, a team that lost their starting quarterback in preseason and had a rookie quarterback to deal with during the regular season. And was able to motivate him, motivate the rest of the team. A, a really, honestly, a young team into the situation that they got to, and that was a thirteen and three record, and that was a big deal. And I feel like you know he's got to get some credit somewhere, and I really feel like he does deserve it. He may be the on favorite for everybody else, and I think for myself he has to be. Um, you know, so I don't know. I, I just look at that, and that's a big deal to turn your team around with your starting quarterback being injured. It's a great motivation uh, for players if your head coach is really beside you the entire time, and I think he was.
1: Certainly. Uh, so I we move on from there to the defensive player of the year. Um, let me see who they have on this. Uh, they have uh, Aaron Dahl from the Rams, who... Certainly, I think you got to put in that conversation. Vic Beasley, Vaughn Miller, Khalil Mack, Landon Collins. I want to say as a Cowboys fan who had to watch him many times, Landon Collins to me was absolutely amazing this year. Uh, totally just unexpected for him to be such a pivotal man at safety and... I think he probably, I don't know the, you know how much the name of Von Miller or you know Vic Beasley being on a Falcons team that wants the Super Bowl is going to matter, but I think if we're being fair here, Landon Collins with 125 tackles, five interceptions, he was costly around everything. Man, it's hard not to go with him.
2: I totally agree with you, and I'm, I'm, you know, uh, I was a little surprised. I thought you might choose Vic Beasley, which I think had a great year. He he did a lot to help the Falcons on defense and uh, just so impressive. And, you know, some of the other guys like Aaron Donald. But you're right, Landon Collins, he won games for the Giants. I really feel that way. The turnovers that he caused the way that he played the game, it was just so great this year. He gave his team every opportunity every time he stepped on the field. And, you know, the Giants needed that. And, you know, he was just a big piece that, you know, they really could have, you know, tried to do without if they had to. But with him on the field, it was just a lock. And I love it. I love the fact that this guy is going to, you know, Get at least honored here to some extent, and I hope he wins it. I, I think he's the best defensive player that we I've seen this year.
1: I totally agree with you on that, and not that any of those any of those guys I think is deserving. Obviously, Eric Donald was probably the best defensive player just based on what he did this year. Um, but I would I I had to throw my hat in the ring for Landon Collins. And finally, we get to the most valuable player. Matt Ryan is at the top of the list. Then you get Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady, uh, Zeke, Dak, Derek Carr, and Le'Veon Bell. I think, had Derek Carr been healthy um, at the end there, and the rate, I mean, I know it's a season, but that kind of. The, the, I mean, what Derek Carr did with the Raiders, I think, is tremendous. I think it's going to get overlooked here with all the other players being here. I think yeah. you have to give Tom Brady props. He didn't play in four games. He came back, and he was, trem- he was ridiculous. You know, Aaron Rodgers, what he did as far as carrying the team on his back and running the table and all that, that's probably going to factor in. I just feel like Matt Ryan's going to be the guy that wins this thing.
2: Yeah, I think we can agree on that as well. Uh, I look at Aaron Rodgers as being a huge name that should definitely be in the mix for this. And, you know, he just, man, just the talent that he has, the fact that he was able to put his team on his back to, to lead them into the end of the season and be successful. I think that's a great nod to him. You you mentioned Derek Carr. If he could have stayed healthy, if things could have worked out better for him, I think we get a bigger picture with him and mix and all that. Tom Brady missing the four games, even though he didn't, you know, act like it affected him at all, it didn't. But, you know, I think that it does kind of give him a little bit of a scratch on, you know, and tarnish him a little bit for this. I got to go, Matt Ryan, though. Uh, Let in all the numbers. Just uh, did everything. 38 he,
1: touchdowns, only mm-hmm. seven interceptions. Basically a 70% pass completion percentage. Yeah. Almost 5,000 yards 4,944. Yeah.
2: Crazy. Yeah. It, yeah, uh, you know, and you know, you, you know, you think of guys like uh, Kurt Warner when he was doing things like this, and just you know, taking the league by storm. And I, I think Matt Ryan to me deserves it over. Uh, I think anybody else. You know, sure, you could. You know, people have been throwing Dak in there, but he didn't have those numbers. He he didn't come close to that. Ezekiel Elliott had a great year rushing, but I mean, still didn't do what Matt Ryan did did here. And I I really feel like you know. You can't get any better. Besides, the closest in the conversation once again is Aaron Rodgers, and I still feel like Matt Ryan deserves it.
1: Totally agree. Uh, I can't. Uh, I'd say, look, all those guys make their case for being deserving, um, but I, I think Matt Ryan's going to wind up winning. mm mm-hmm. Uh So. Yeah. Aside from that, the last thing we got to do here is actually talk about this game. Uh, we've done everything else but talk about the Super Bowl 51 that takes place at 6:30 p.m. Eastern time. You can uh, whittle down the the time zones, uh, you know, for where you live. But yeah, this is the big game. The day that you know America stops functioning, even though I have to work. Uh, that early in the morning, and you know, this is uh, this is that big one. The Falcons, Patriots. It's going to be really interesting how this goes down. I am uh, super excited for this game. You are as well. I know many people haven't even. There's some people that just don't even care too. You know, it's it's amazing to me that um, people aren't more interested in this just to. See if there's gonna be if the Falcons are gonna be that team that takes down the Patriots or if this is the Patriots' uh, big last hurrah or whatever. Mm -hmm. But you've got two quarterbacks here that are great, in Matt Ryan and Tom Brady. You've got a young coach and a very experienced coach in Bill Belichick. Who when he has time to break stuff down, no man breaks things down like Bill Belichick. I mean look, looking at the looking at the quarterbacks here. I mean the Atlanta defense has been getting better. Obviously. And the Patriots offensive line is not they can get a bit leaky and Vic Beasley is a guy that you're going to have to watch out for are you seeing this as a game where Tom Brady's going to be Tom Brady or is he getting pressure and going to be running around or well as much as he can run at this point or how, what do you feel for him here it's, is this going to be the the cut by a thousand pieces Tom Brady
2: You know, I look at this as probably a a mixed bag, And, and the reason I say that is because I think you know to your point that the Atlanta defense has gotten a little bit better as the year has gone on, and I think Dan Quinn does a great job of you know just being involved with that defense and showing them that you know how to be successful and. You know, he's been a part of a great, successful defense, and when he was with the Seattle Seahawks, and I think he's trying to bring over that culture and bring over that same formula over here to the Falcons. And, you know, as much as Belichick's had those two weeks, you know, Quinn has also had those two weeks to really focus on Tom Brady, to focus on that offensive line of the Patriots, and maybe come up with some schemes to really work well against Tom Brady. So, I really feel like Tom Brady is going to have success here, but I I'd also say that he is going to be rushed a little bit here and he's not always going to have the time that I think he wants to have to, to you know, be able to, to pass the ball and, and tear the Atlanta Falcons to shreds. So I, I look at it as kind of a mixed bag. It'll be a, you know, a situation where sometimes he'll have all day and then sometimes he'll have about two seconds before he gets hit. It, it's that's, what's exciting about this. Cause I don't really feel like either team is going to have that clean pocket a majority of the time. I mean, I think both teams are going to have to overcome, you know, each other's defense. I don't think either defense is maybe better. I know a lot of people point to the New England Patriots as having a better defense, but I still feel like, you know, they're pretty much on an even playing field here when it comes to defense.
1: Yeah, I think the defense is interesting here, too, because you have the number one scoring defense in the Patriots. And that's a big factor. Um, and they have guys that can, you know, the Malcolm Butler-Julio Jones matchup is going to be really interesting because, you know, we saw Michael Butler cause problems for Antonio Brown. Uh, and, and they have guys that can cover, guys that are going to be, you know, Devin McCourty, how, what role is he going to play here? But the Patriots, you know, they have an, an interesting front seven, too. Uh, they rely more on their linebackers than they do on the guys getting pressure and everything, which is something that the Falcons. It's the opposite, right? Vic Beale, he's coming in there, 15 and a half sacks. He's gonna, he's gonna come hit you. You know, Keon O'Neill, he's gonna hit you at safety. Are they gonna be able to do the same thing against Tom Brady? That's, I feel like, you know, you gotta watch out for that Falcons defense and in this game here if you're the patriots but the one way you solve that which tom brady has no problem with is getting the ball out fast Mm -hmm. so is he going to be able to and let's look at this too is that both of these teams really do sort of mirror each other in the way that they each have like you know we talk about the dual tailbacks right for the falcons you know devonta freeman and or Devonte Freeman and Tubbin Coleman, but you know the the Patriots can counter with the Garrett Blunt and Deion Lewis, who you know come back from injury and basically they almost saved them for the postseason, pretty much. It's the the you know Patriots have just as much weapons as the Falcons do.
2: Yeah, I totally uh, agree with that assessment because you know we keep talking about. You know, uh, the fact that, you know, you look at the Falcons and their explosive offense and Julio Jones and everything he does and just that entire receiving core, it's just it's exciting. Ta- uh, Taylor Gabriel, I mean, he's a X factor that you just got to watch out for at all times, and then, of course, you go back to those running backs, Tevin Coleman, Devonta Freeman. They all are going to give Matt Ryan a great opportunity, but on the other side, you do have New England who has – Hogan, who also has a Floyd, who also has you know, those running backs that you pointed out that just are always available at any time. And, then you know, Martellus Bennett's going to be a big factor in this game as well for the Patriots. So they kind of mirror each other. They, they've they just, each of these teams have those weapons that you've got to watch out for. you got to be careful of. And I think that's why it's going to be a more exciting game than people really think. I've heard people say it's, it's going to be a lopsided win for one team and or, or the other. And I just don't see that. I think this is actually could be a really exciting game. I mean, we could be seeing a shootout here because I think both quarterbacks that we're seeing have so many options, so many different things that can come in play for those guys where they can be successful. I think that's what's really cool about this matchup.
1: Yeah, can the you know Patriots stop that dual attack of the Falcons Because either one of these guys can get involved in the passing game, too. Is Malcolm Brown going to be big on Julio Jones or not? Are they going to have to wind up giving Malcolm Brown cover? Which leaves, you know, like a Taylor Gabriel or, uh, you know, uh, Austin Hooper, the tight end, who's going to be vital, I think, in this game. The Patriots have been sort of fine without Gronk. You know, could this be that game where they feel the not having Gronk thing? You know, because he's such a game changer for them when he's on the field. Mm-hmm. It's
2: uh Yeah that's,
1: that's gonna be interesting too.
2: Exactly. And you know Mark Tallis Bennett can try to fill that void and you know, he does a pretty decent job, but he is not Gronk. We know that. I mean, we've seen the difference between both those guys and as good as Bennett is, he's definitely not a guy like Gronk, so it could be a big factor here, and it could give you know the Atlanta Falcons a little bit more of an edge on defense. But I don't think enough to really warrant anything major. You know, I, you know once again you you look at the way that the New England Patriots and their defensive backfield, and they're going to do a pretty good job on. Julio. We already know that. Julio Jones is going to be pretty much taken out of this game unless Julio becomes a major superstar, Superman, whatever you want to yeah, call see, it. Yeah, see, that's the and,
1: thing and, is like, who is that person to take out in the game, right, for the Falcons? Yeah. Because that's what Belichick specializes in is taking out your guy. Well, okay, if you're going to focus on Julio Jones, what are you going to do to combat the 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 running backs?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I think the running backs too, but I also look at the fact that I think really Belichick's going to say, "Come on, Sanu, give me your best shot. What can what can Sanu really offer? Can this guy really do it by himself with Taylor Gabriel? Can he do it? And that's they're going to be testing. They're going to test those waters and say can a guy like Hooper is he that good of a you know tight end? Can he really do his job to, to the full extent? That that is exactly what Newland wants to do. They want to." F- Basically, they want to come out there and they want to squeeze off any offense, and that's the best way is by isolating out Julio Jones, taking away the biggest X factor on this team, and then making some of those other young stars step up, making that running game have to step up and you know take advantage uh, because of the fact maybe the passing game is not working out like it needs to, so. I think that's what Belichick does best, and that's the reason they are successful is because they find ways to squeeze out offenses at their best points.
1: Yeah, and that's the, for the Patriots, they're going to have to figure that out because no one's really been able to stop that passing attack of the Falcons. Mm-hmm. So it, are they going to be that team that does it? It's It's difficult, but, I mean, again, if I'm putting my faith in anyone to know what to do. It's Bill Belichick, right? I mean...
2: Yeah. This is just another game for Belichick in a way. I know it sounds weird to say that, but, I mean, the, the guy's been here enough. Hey, this is, you know, there's no nerves, I don't think, for him in this game. I think he comes in just games plans the way he, like he always does, whereas you got a guy like Quinn who has been to a Super Bowl, never been the head coach, but he's been to a Super Bowl mm. and has won it. But, I mean, there's still a lot of pressure on him. This is all, you know, now it's not about, oh, I'm here to help support, you know, Pete Carroll. Now I'm here to support, you know, the guys who are going to have my job on the line if I don't win this game. And, of course, if I don't be successful next year.
1: You know, I I think nobody really expected the Falcons to be in this game, right? Well, no. So I think perhaps, you know, there's pressure always. But I think the one person that probably has the most pressure is Matt Ryan. He's the guy that he proved it this year. In the playoffs, I've been just as good. You can depend on me in the playoffs. But now it's the big answer, right? It's the, are you good enough to get us to the promised land and win? You got us to the promised land. Can you win the big one? That's the the thought on Matt Ryan. Okay, great. You have surpassed everybody's thoughts now of, you got us here. Can you win it? And, you know, you have a guy on the other sideline, Tom Brady, he's done it four times. He's going to be looking for his fifth one. Can you get him that one?
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's going to be a big deal here. And, you know, that's going to keep the Patriots in this. This isn't just, you know, I make the, you know, the comment that, you know, this is just another game for them, which, you know, compared to other teams, this is. But on the other hand, you know, there is a lot of riding when it comes to, You know, this is another way for Tom Brady to cement his, you know, role in history for the NFL and who he is. And, you know, his legend could be marked here. You know, it's a big deal. You know, he wants to win that fifth one. He wants to be, you know, uh, just like, you know, uh, Charles Haley, a guy they know has five different rings, you know. So I I think it's going to be something that's going to be important to the Patriots. I don't think they're going to take this game lightly. I just feel like they're going to have a better comfort coming in. You know, they've it's been there, done that kind of thing. Whereas, you know, you got a Falcons team who this is brand new. This is something they're going to walk in, and they're you know they could get overwhelmed by the energy, the excitement. You know, and trust me, we've heard of players playing a little too hard, right? Guys playing a little too fast, getting a little too excited, and then screwing up early. And that's one thing I'll say. The Falcons cannot let their nerves get a hold of them because there's one team that you can't let have momentum, and that's the New England Patriots. You know, It's going to be very difficult to hop back in a game if you let the Patriots come up and you know score on you two touchdowns or ten points, and then you're fighting to come back because there's nobody better at stepping on your throat than Bill Belichick.
1: Ain't that the truth? But uh, now we just gotta make that prediction.
2: Uh, you know, I, I'm personally I think this is gonna be a really exciting game. I, it's gonna be a real big disappointment for me if we come into this game and then some way somehow both teams are better on defense and offense, and then it ends up being a 13 to 10 game. I think that would be a huge disappointment. I feel like we are getting get to the upper twenties, maybe even the early thirties in points for each team, and I think that it's going to be you know a showcase of who can outlast who. You know, maybe the last defensive uh, possession here for whatever team, whoever's on defense, they are going to have to stop turnovers.
1: That's going to be yeah. huge in this game for two teams that are offensive minded. Mm-hmm. Whoever, you know, you get one or two turnovers for the same team. That could be catastrophic here.
2: Exactly. You know, and a lot of people use it, what I'm using terminology is, well, whoever has the ball last is going to be the one who wins the game. I'm looking at this as whoever's defense is on the field last and who can ever make that play who can ever stop that third down before, you know, getting into field goal range, things like that, that's who's going to end up kind of winning this game because I think both offenses are going to be fine. I think they're both going to have success here. It's about the defense. Whose defense can be better in this game? That's going to be the big key. I'm going to give it to the Falcons. I know a lot of people are voting Patriots. I know. I get it. Trust me. I understand just like everybody else, Bill Pelichick is a genius. He knows what he's doing. He's had two weeks prepare. I just kind of feel like there's something special about this Atlanta Falcons offense. I feel like there's something that's just not unstoppable, but there's something about them or they are so comfortable in their own skin that they're probably ready to come into this game and just get back on fire and go down. And I, I think the Patriots are a, you know, a really good team. I've just been praising them over and over again. But we've seen in history they're not always winners they have lost in super bowls and they've come in a super bowl undefeated and lost it that's the way i look at this game they're very beatable i'm going to give it to the falcons here i think it could be even just a one point game i think i said 27-26 that's why i'll go falcons
1: i'm going to say 34-31 patriots definitely going to be a close game you know i think it does come down to the who has that defensive you know, possession, who has the, the least amount of turnovers. If you have a turnover in a very crucial moment, is that going to be you? I feel like, you know, the Patriots can weather that storm. I don't know. I want, you know, I'm going to go with the experience here of Patriots have a lot on the line here too. Um, you know, they want to complete that season and stick it to Roger Goodell with the deflate gate and all that stuff. You know, the Falcons are coming in here, happy to be here kind of thing. They've been tremendous this season. They've had a you know tremendous playoff run. I wonder what happens if they get into a game where, I mean, the same thing like, you know, we saw this with Seattle where Seattle battled back against them uh, twice. You know, Seattle won that first game in the regular season, then Atlanta won. Uh, you know, and then they blew out the Packers, and that was never a thing yeah you know, I wonder if you know this gets so close if you know you have that one time where you can't score if that that hurts them and uh, i am gonna go with the Patriots because I always believed i always believed that you know the way that they play you can always count on them for something so I'm uh, gonna go Patriots here you got the Falcons we'll have to see I think Brandy had the Falcons as well, so we'll have to see how this all. Breaks down on Sunday, you know, get your drink on, get your nachos, your whatever you're going to eat, the the party, all that stuff. Should be a fun game, should be, you know, tremendous sight. And hopefully, you know, late on that Sunday night, we'll have the recap review for you. And there you go. It'll be the end of the season by then.
2: Yeah, it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it and us doing our review.
1: So uh, make sure you subscribe, either to Football to the Max by itself or just uh, WTM Network if you've enjoyed what you heard here. Uh, to get all of our podcasts, you subscribe to WTM Network and go visit us at WTIMnet.com. Uh Not a ton of football stuff, but if you like video games or wrestling or in entertainment things, go in there and uh, enjoy. So until we uh, meet again, folks. Uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Later. Later.